Hey fam, it's Cameron A here coming at you with a brand new podcast, Hot Takes with Cameron A. Hey guys, thanks for coming back and listening to another episode here of Hot Takes with Cameron A. In this episode, um, we're going to go over just one subject, and I can't believe that this is the last solo episode of my new podcast. Um, Maybe there will be a season two. I don't know yet. I'm pretty sure there will be, considering you all really like season one. But hey, thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the encouragement. Thank you for sending in your testimonies. And um, wow, yeah, we're just really um, grateful of what God's been doing through uh, my team of guests on here. some of the words I've spoken to, but um, praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. So today we're going to talk about one subject, and I think it's appropriate that if you haven't listened to season one, episode five, you go do that right now, then come back to this episode six, because this episode six is definitely an episode that will make a little more sense if you have the context that me and Austin gave you in episode five. So um, after recording episode five, I kind of felt like I missed something and uh, it kind of hit me the week after in a small group where I just sat and really thought, you know, what if we treated every single person like they were made in the image of God? How would that look different in your life? Just think right now, picture your friend group, picture four people who you're really close with. You show them characteristics of love. Love is patient. You're patient with them. Love is kind. You're kind to them. You show them the heart of the Father, what love is defined as, the agape love. Now think about, maybe for you it's that one coworker who always gets their way and you don't. Maybe think about it's for you it's the one boss that you can't stand because of the decisions they make. Think about your one um, friend who their best friend is just super annoying and you're like man I really wish I could get away from him think about that if you could treat those people with the same mindset as you treat the friends you are close to how much more would that affect them and how much more in the kingdom aspect would you be able to accomplish see probably 90% of your friends if you examine your friends group are friends that you have transactional love with. Meaning, they do something for you, and you do something for them. Now, I certainly have those friends too, and I'm not saying that's not really, you know, a a bad thing to have, but uh, we think about it. You know, I have a friend, I just was scrolling through my phone the other day, and saw an old text from him, and I was like, oh, I wonder how he's doing. And, you know, our relationship was built off of, we met on a trip, he found out I was a drummer, and then I uh, played drums in his church band, like, um, for a youth service one night, and, I mean, that's our friendship, is based off of a common interest, is music, and the friendship is based off a transaction. Uh, Jesus' love, however, is not transactional love, it's agape love, which is the deepest form of love that we can only know if we know the Father. So, therefore... Take all your friendships 
and place them in the category of agape love. Now, how many do you have? That regardless if there was a transaction being taken place, would we still be friends with them? Would we still be showing the Father's heart to them? Would we love them? That's the question I ask you today. Do you see them that they're made in the image of God? Because then, technically, if you see that they're made in the image of God, then you should see them in the same tier of people as you see yourself in. So, theologically speaking, let's actually read it in the Bible. It is in Genesis 127, but I want to jump to 1 Corinthians 12.12, 12, and it starts there with a title of this part of the book, and it says, One body, but many parts. Just let that sink in, and let these words just flow over you and fill you as I read them. There is one body, but it has many parts, but all of its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink, so the body is not made up of just one part, but it has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand. So I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye. So I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there even be a body? As it is... There are many parts, but there is only one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. The parts can be shown don't need special care. But God has put together all the parts of the body, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. And that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. So let that... Let that scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, just rush over you. If we are all made in the image of God, as, you know, theologically speaking that Genesis is true, because it is, the whole Bible is true, then we are all one body, as it says in 1 Corinthians. Now, many of us have different roles in the church, and many of us have different beliefs and different, you know, um, opinions, in which one thing I hate is the American church being so opinionated, but uh, that's besides the point, really. That could be a whole other subject to talk on. God has called you to be different. Think about it. The creator of the universe is God. God made you in his image. God is the most creative being that there has ever been. Think about it. So you have the planets. We're literally spinning on a ball. There's gravity, which doesn't make absolutely any sense at all. Um, 
or flying through the air at some crazy speed, and we're not hitting all the other planets, but there's only life on the one planet, and, um, yeah, the space, oh, it's never ending, and, um, oh, yeah, the water doesn't spill out of the earth when it's upside down. Like, think about this. Like, it just doesn't all make sense. It's all so beautiful, no man could ever make this kind of story up. It's also detailed and so beautifully created. Now, if the creator of the universe made you in his image, wouldn't you think that we are created? That's just my thought. We all share individual gifts, even if it even it says in the Bible that you know some will speak in the language of angels, you know some will have the gift of healing, some will have the gift of prophecy. Like it says, some, 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 some doesn't mean everyone's going to have you know one hundred percent everything, and they're like the God of the universe. No, God is God; He's highest. He is the head. We are the body. It even says that in the Bible too. In the book of Colossians one eighteen, it says. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So he's the head of the body. We are the body, correct? Yes, we are. So therefore, we cannot be living without a head, like you can't literally live without a head. It doesn't work. And the creativeness comes from the head. So everything just kind of like flows down. And I believe that his creativeness is flowing down onto you. Whether you see yourself as creative, you were made creative. There's something you can do that another person can't do. I can sing, I can play instruments, I can write songs. I'm sure a lot of you on here probably cannot do that. Some of you might be able to. You might have a skill that's writing poetry. I can't write poetry to save my life. Or does that interest me? Maybe that interests you. You're like, songwriting's boring. Okay, to you it might be, to me it's not. But guess what? God created us different. Made in the image of God means being creative. So, theologically, we were all meant to share a representation of Christ in this world. We're made in the image, we're made connected to the head, and we're made to be different parts of the body. Think about it. You might be the head of the church in your town. You're the pastor. You're the arm doing the work. Someone could just be the nose that sniffs out discernment. Some could just be the eye that watches and prays. Some might be the mouth that just sits there and intercedes. Some might be the foot that does all the mobilization of the church, evangelism. Some could be the leg, a thing a foot could not live without, the thing that gives us mobility. We are all different. That's the way God created us. It's okay. Now, I think there's, you know, a little bit of nugget of truth in after where Genesis says we are made in the image of God, and it reads this. It's Genesis 127 if you want to follow along. Um, He says we're created in his image. He made us male and female. But then he says in 128, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the bird in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So, 
if we just look at that alone, verse 28, right after he created us, the Bible says that he blessed us. We were commanded then to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and govern it, right? Reign over the animals. And then he says in 29, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout all the earth and all the fruit trees for your food, and I have given you every green plant as for food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. And then God looked over what he made and said it was very good. Evening passed, morning came, is marking the sixth day. Right, so in that time, he not only created man, he blessed man, and then that was the end of it. He said, we have all this stuff to be set up for what? Well, it sounds like we're being set up for abundant life and that we were actually supposed to have a 100% success rate at having an abundant life. That's the way Jesus Christ, or God, so to speak, created the world successfully, we would have abundant life before the fall. This is pre-Adam and Eve falling into sin, so this is not the world we live in now, but this is the perfect kingdom. He does still, however, give you now a success rate if you're in covenant with him. If you're not in covenant with him, then success is like a completely different thing, and I don't even know how to even put in the words the way the world measures success because it's kind of weird and concerning sometimes. <laughs> but think about it. God created you. Then God blessed you. You're made in the image of God. You're blessed by God himself. And you're given everything to do the work to live life abundantly. As the Bible would say, you are to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, govern it. God has given you everything to live an abundant life. And through Jesus Christ, we have like reconnection with God, right? So we still have the opportunity to have abundant life, maybe not to the perfection that God intended in his kingdom. I don't know if we can ever reach that here on earth. And that's something that I would love to study more into and that is a very deep topic that could get messy. And that maybe that's not a thing to really talk about on a podcast that's being listened to all over the nation right now. So <laughs> I don't really want to get canceled at the moment for stuff I don't know a whole lot about. But I do know this is scripture, straight scripture, that God has blessed you with abundancy. So this goes for everyone. He's created you out of love, and he created you for a purpose. And that purpose is to bring honor and glory and praise to him. The whole point of life is to bring God pleasure. What did Jesus hear after he came out of the water of his baptism? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. A better translation of that is in whom I take pleasure. Jesus gave God pleasure. That is our role model. That is our absolute purpose for life to bring God pleasure. And guess what? He also wants for you to find pleasure in him. The first commandment given in the Bible 
And one of the last commands given in the Bible was to eat freely, to drink freely. Everything in between is a table of communion with you and God, the story of reconnection with the Father himself. And he intended for you to feast on it, to find pleasure in him, to find comfort in him. You were created with a purpose to bring God pleasure, to bring him glory. But he also wants you to find pleasure in him. So to wrap this kind of full circle today, what would it look like if you treated everyone like they were made in the image of God? What if you treated everyone like they had the same purpose as you? Because they do. Little do you know that everyone is the same when it all boils down to one thing. We were created for a reason. Actually, we can limit that a little less. We were created. So we're all the same. We were created. You're not here by accident. You're not here by a random chance, even though if that's what your you know, parents tell you, that, oh, you're the firstborn, so you were the accident baby. No. No, you're not. You were created for such a time as this. And the reason you were created was to bring God pleasure. So what would it look like if you treated everyone like they were made in the image of God? Let that question sink into you. And let, uh, just pray on it. Pray on it and ask God. What would that look like, God? Is there anyone that I need to reevaluate my relationship with? Is there anyone that I need to love? And I also would like to add in there that it says in the Bible, one of the commandments, the first commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Correct? We all know that. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, fun fact, you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you don't love God because you're made in the image of God. Think about that for a second. Anyone in covenant relationship with Christ cannot love themselves if they do not know and love God. They can't love their neighbor if they can't love themselves because you can only love someone as much as you intake of love. So if your source comes from God to yourself to others, it will flow beautifully and you will treat others how God has intended them because you flow out of agape love. You don't flow out of transactional, worldly love. Think about it. How would it look if you treated everyone like they were made in the image of God? That's all for this week's episode of Hot Takes with Cameron A. I know this was kind of repetitive, kind of a lot of stuff, but hey, this is just something on my heart burning, and I thought I needed to say it, so pray on it, chew on it. We'll be back here next week with a special guest all the way from Texas. Guys, hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you come back next week and listen. Until then, God bless.